0: My name is Heidi and I love stories, funny stories and sad stories and what on earth just happens stories. As it turns out, the Bible is full of them. After two decades in Sunday school plus a master's in English, I'm here to tell them to you. Get ready. This is Messy Scripture. Today we're going to basically talk about one person, Samson. And before we get into Samson, I'm just going to spoil the story. Samson's a hot mess in multiple ways. One, he does get a lot done. Like he's a total disaster but he gets a lot done also he's a total disaster however samson doesn't just randomly appear into the story first israel has to screw everything up again and god hands them over to the philistines for 40 years you'll notice the time that they're spending under the oppression of other people is getting longer i suspect it has less to do with god ramping up the punishment and more to do with how long it takes them to figure out like oh maybe we should do something about this like maybe we should repent maybe we should follow god again But it's been 40 years. Finally, finally, there's going to be another judge. And this is how it happens. So there's this couple from the tribe of Dan and they can't have children. And one day an angel of the Lord just appears to the woman and is like, hey, so I know you're barren and haven't had a child, but stop drinking alcohol and don't eat anything unclean because you're about to have a son. And he's going to be a Nazarite from birth and he's going to save his people. And she's like, oh, crap. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Now, for anyone that's asking, a Nazirite is a person dedicated to God, and usually you would take a Nazirite vow for a set period of time, like 10 years or a year or whatever. You can also pledge to be a Nazirite for your whole life, but that's not as common. The child that's about to be born to this particular couple is going to be a Nazirite from birth, and basically that entails, amongst other things, never drinking any alcohol and never cutting his hair as a sign of his pledge to to God. Well, the wife goes to the husband and is like, you will not believe the day I had. I just met a person who didn't tell me where he was from, didn't tell me where he was going, but he looked like an angel of God and he said, we're going to have a son. And the husband's like, we should pray and ask God to send the guy again so that we can know how how to raise this kiddo properly. And they pray and lo and behold, the angel of the Lord comes back to talk to both of them this time and is like, here's the deal. Nazarite vow. He's going to save his people. And then the husband and wife are like, cool, so we're going to offer you a sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord accepts the sacrifice, which means, da-da-da-da, theophany, it's definitely Jesus Christ. And they recognize it because since the angel accepted the burnt and grain offering, he's like, we are going to die because we have seen the face of God. And she's like, if he was going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our grain offering and burnt offering. I bet I'm just going to get pregnant. And lo and behold, pregnant baby. They have a baby named Samson our disaster. God's spirit is with Samson and begins to stir him up, but Samson's kind of a dum dum. He goes down to Timnah and he sees a Philistine girl, and he's like, oh my gosh, I have fallen in love with a Philistine. And his parents are like, oh, this could not be worse for us. They are currently holding our nation captive. Can't you find a nice Israelite girl? And he's like, no, I've fallen in love with this Philistine woman. And so he kind of commands his parents to go get her as his wife and they're like i guess samson goes down to timna to make sure that this really is the girl for him and on the way alone a lion attacks him god's spirit comes on him and samson rips the lion apart with his bare hands like one would kill a a goat or something like he just tears it to shreds and leaves the carcass in the road and goes on his way talks to the girl and is like yep she's the one she's the one for me After a little while, he goes to pick up his new future wife, his new current wife. It's kind of unclear how marriage works in this particular society at this time, like when the marriage happens versus when the marriage celebration happens. Anyway, he goes and he sees the lion carcass and he goes to check it out. And it's full of a beehive. Like the lion has been taken over by bees and they have filled it with honey. And so Samson scrapes out some and eats it on his way. And on his way back to his parents, he's like, here, have some honey. And they eat some and he doesn't tell them where it comes from. And then Samson decides to mess with his new Philistine in-laws at his wedding celebration, which is a several days long event. Now, this whole setup is definitely from God because it's just ridiculous. This whole Samson falling in love with the girl, Samson killing the lion, Samson eating honey out of the lion. And this is the riddle that he sets to his new friends, if you can call them that. The wager on this riddle, by the way, is 30 sets of clothes, either to Samson or to everyone at the party, so it's much easier for everyone at the party to pay off this bet, but also Samson gets a lot more out of it if he happens to win. This is his riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, came something sweet. And in three days, they could not solve the riddle. So everybody starts pestering Samson's new wife to get him to tell her what the solution is, because they don't want to have to pay up and they don't want to be outwitted by Samson, who... Does not give off the impression of being the brightest bulb in the galaxy and she just makes samson's life hell like she cries she's whining she really really goes for it and finally he's pestered into telling her what the solution is she then tells her family and on the seventh day they go to samson and say what's sweeter than honey what's stronger than a lion and samson's like f you if you'd not plowed with my heifer You would not have found out my riddle. So he's basically, like, accusing his wife of all sorts of things and also real pissed that he has to pay off this debt. Buddy Boy's solution, empowered by the Spirit of God, is to go to the town of Ashkelon and kill 30 people and steal their clothes, which he then uses to pay back the debt. Samson's still pretty pissed and just goes back to his parents' house, and everyone's like, I don't think Samson's coming back for his wife. So they give Samson's wife to his companion a.k.a. his best man, a.k.a. what the heck, Philistia. And Samson decides to make up with his wife, like, a little while later. He goes with a young goat and tries to get in with her, and her dad is like, I honestly thought you weren't coming back, so I gave her to somebody else to be his wife? Because, like, you went off in a huff and did not appear to be interested in her. I thought you hated her at that point. And dad offers Samson her little sister. Like, I gave your wife to your friend, but here's her prettier younger sister so that you won't be mad at me. And Samson's like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with me attacking the Philistines this time. So he takes 300 foxes, ties their tails together with a torch between them. So like, tail, torch, tail, sandwich, lets the foxes loose in the very, very, very ready to harvest fields of the Philistines, and also sets fire to all of their stacked grain and everything that's already been harvested. And the Philistines are like oh my gosh, who did this? Who destroyed our crop? And everyone's like, Samson, the son-in-law of the guy, because he gave his wife away. And so the Philistines go and a, uh, kill dad and daughter by fire. And Samson's like, that's not what I wanted. And so he's still really angry at this whole situation because he feels like he took a fair vengeance. Samson goes up to Etamim. and Camp's there, and the Philistines raid Judah, and Judah's like, what are you doing? And the Philistines are like, we're here to capture Samson. We have no interest in actually harming you guys. So the men of Judah go up to Samson, like (laughs) 3,000, and are like, the Philistines are rulers over us. Could you not? We need to turn you over to them. And Samson's like, I am just getting my just desserts. And they're like, okay, counterpoint. We need to hand you over to them. And Samson's like, if you swear that you won't hurt me yourself, you'll just bind me up and hand me over. I'll go willingly and without resisting. And they're like, of course not. We're not going to kill you. We're just going to hand you over to the Philistines who will kill you. So Samson's tied up with two new ropes. They bring him down. And as soon as he's in the encampment of the Philistines, again, the spirit of God comes upon him as strength and he breaks the new ropes, just flexes and off they pop, grabs the jawbone of a donkey like from a donkey skeleton and kills a thousand men with it writes a poem and rides off into the sunset in aforementioned sunset he's like god i'm so thirsty am i gonna die of thirst and god's like no you're not gonna die of thirst here have some water so he opens up a cleft in a rock and there's water and after all of this after the marriage and annulment i guess even though he definitely had sex with her and the 30 men that he killed at Ashkelon, and then the 1,000 men he kills with the jawbone, Samson judges Israel for 20 years. However, 20 years into being judge, Samson goes to Gaza, sees a prostitute, and decides to go into her. Yes, that means he banged a prostitute. And the men of Gaza were like, Samson's here. We can get Samson because he's having sexy time with the prostitute. And they're like, we should wait until morning, and then we can capture him when he's not expecting it. What they didn't realize is that Samson had no intention of actually spending the night with the prostitute. He stayed until midnight, you know, finished his business, and then uh left with the gates of the town on his back. Just picked him up as they were because presumably they were sealed and that did not seem to stop him very much. He just ripped him out of the ground and walked away and they're like, shoot, well that didn't work. They were going to get another chance though because Samson fell in love with another person. Her name was Delilah. The Philistines were like, seduce him do whatever you have to do we will pay you but we need to find out where his strength comes from we will give you 1100 pieces of silver and delilah's like yeah i'll take it she starts pestering samson this should sound familiar during pillow talk and samson's like i'll tell you where my strength comes from baby if i was bound by seven fresh bowstrings that had never been strung on a bow before i would be like any other man and she's like interesting so he falls asleep has the men that she has lying in wait tie him up with seven fresh bowstrings, and he immediately snaps them when she's like, Samson, the Philistines are here. He's like, where? And she's like, ugh, made a mockery of me. The same thing basically happens again. She's like, Samson, come on, tell me the truth. You're making a mockery of me. And he's like, fine, I'll tell you. If somebody ties me with fresh ropes, two of them, Ropes that have never been used for anything before. I'd be like anyone else. So she has the men tie him up while Samson's sleeping. Samson must be a very heavy sleeper. And when she's like, Samson, the Philistines are here to get you. He just snaps the ropes like nothing. And again, she asks. And again, Samson lies and says that if somebody would weave his hair into a loom, then he would be like anyone else. Well, he's getting closer to the truth and they try it. But again... Samson just breaks the loom this time, so now not only do they not capture Samson, but now they have a broken loom. Delilah is now upset with him and is like, it's been three times, you've lied to me three times, how can you say you love me, blah 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 blah, you know, the usual spiel about that. And Samson's like, fine, I will tell you the truth. No razor has ever touched my head, my hair has never been cut. If my head was shaved, I would be the same as any other man. And Delilah realizes that this time he's telling the truth. Something about this convinces her, this is the real story. So she tells the Philistines, no guys, seriously, I actually know what's going on this time. Let's get Samson. So when Samson falls asleep, they shave his head. With his hair gone, the Lord leaves Samson. Now, obviously, if his hair had been shaved... In some other circumstance, God wouldn't have just left him, like, if it had been something that Samson couldn't stop. But this was Samson handing over his strength to the girl he's sleeping with. Like, he tells her, after three separate times of her telling the Philistines what he said would work. Like, what the heck? Well, she yells, the Philistines are upon you. And he thinks, like, oh, it'll be like every other time. I'll shake myself free. Didn't work this time. The Philistines capture Samson. And tear his eyes out. They drag him down to Gaza, bind him with bronze shackles, and make him grind wheat at the mill. However, while he's imprisoned, blinded, grinding, his hair begins to grow back. The Philistines decide to rejoice the fact that they've captured Samson and offer a big festival sacrifice to Dagon, one of their gods, and then they're like, hey, let's bring out Samson, make him do party tricks, because, you know, he got strength removed or whatever. Our gods beat his god, and Samson gets dragged out before them to do tricks, blind Samson with his hair barely growing back. Samson asks the young man who's leading him by the hand to take him to the pillars that support the house, because this is the kind of house where, again, pillars are supporting the roof, and it is full of 3,000 of the most powerful Philistine men and women. And Samson prays that just this one last time he could get vengeance on the Philistines, that God would give him the strength he needs one final time and he puts his hands on the two support pillars of the house and pushes, and the roof caves in, killing everyone inside, answering Samson's prayer that he may die avenging himself upon the Philistines. This one action kills more Philistine leaders and more Philistines than Samson had killed in his entire life prior. His family digs his body out of the rubble and buries him near his father's grave. Samson was the judge of Israel for 20 years. Next episode, we're going to cover the end of Judges. And if you think it's been a disaster so far, oh boy, are you not looking forward to chapter 18? And by not, I mean definitely, because disasters are kind of fun stories. Some of these are a little depressing. Anyway, we're going to cover the end of Judges, and then after that, move into one of the sweetest love stories ever written. Catch you then.